The No Quarter Given podcast is brought to you by BuckPower.com, Titan Home Lending, TicketSmarter.com, and our Florida realtor, Drew Felios. Enjoy the podcast. Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, Buck fans, welcome in to a three-in-a-row winning edition, a Christmas week edition a happy Hanukkah week edition, and whatever else holiday celebration that we celebrate around the world. Welcome into the No Quarter Given podcast, where our Tampa Bay Buccaneers have moved to 7-7 seven and seven, retain first place in the NFC South with a very convincing 34-20 win in Lambeau Field. Not the quite the frozen tundra, but cold enough. Um, I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa. Peter Blake joins me. How you doing, Peter? Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. What did you get me for Christmas, by the way, besides coal and, and my stocking, which, by the way, I think Packer fans feel like they got for Christmas after that game. And, you know, you want to talk about the cold weather. What you should be talking about is that hot quarterback and that hot offense and Baker Mayfield and what he did last Sunday. Tremendous game by Baker and that offense. We'll talk more about it, but I'm doing great, buddy. How are you doing? I'm ready for Christmas. You're going to be very proud of me. You know what I did for you? you I wrapped Christmas wrapping the present that Paul Stewart left for you. I wrapped it up for you in a nice Christmas wrapping, spent some time tonight doing that. And we're going to try to get it to you this weekend. I know we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to try to figure out a way to either get it to TJ to get it to you at the game uh, on Sunday, or there might be an op- there may be an opportunity at some point this weekend. We'll see, but going to do everything I can to get you your, your Paul Stewart gift from when he visited for, for the Tennessee game to you this weekend. And I took the time and wrapped it only as I can wrap presents. Well, and I, I know how you wrap presents. It's the same way I wrap it and same way how most men wrap gifts. They put it in a bag. You put the receipt in the bag in case you want to take it back. Uh, and then you No, know, I wrapped it, brother. You wrapped it? Give me one second. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to show you. Hold on one second, folks. All right. All right. Here we go. So we got the Jeopardy music playing right now. He's got this wrap gift. We're on the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com network. And he's uh, – look, Looky here, Peter Blake. Wow. Look at that. I know. Just for you. It's the audience, if you're watching us on the on the on my on the YouTube channel, you see the video. Here it is, Peter Blake's Christmas gift yeah. from Paul Stewart from England back from his trip back in October or yeah, early November of the Titans game. I spent the time Christmas wrapping and all. I even put a little sticker on it to Peter from Paul. I mean, what do you? It's Christmas, man. Thank you so much, Jason Powers. Uh, thanks a lot to Paul Stewart there. Uh, across the pond. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, let's get to the game here. Um, again, great performance, 34-20 final. Bucks move to 7-7, seven and seven, three in a row. And they've got a – forget about – we're going to get to the game here in a second. They put themselves now in a great spot, not only to win the NFC South, 
But in the event they don't win the NFC South, they got a really good chance to be the sixth or seventh seed in the NFC as a wild card. Absolutely, because the way things have uh, shaped up here with the NFC, a lot of teams right now are struggling. Uh, so it's opened the door for the Bucks, and the Bucks are getting hot at the right Yes. Now. In fact, this is what you kind of look for with this team. I get it. They've had their early struggles. You know, start out 3-1, and one, some struggles there. People talking about firing Todd Bowles, getting rid of Baker Mayfield. And it certainly seems like not only the offensive line is gel, Baker's playing better. But this offense has an identity to it, and the defense is playing just good enough. So if they get on a roll here, run the table, guess what? They probably don't even need to run the table. If you can win two out of three, you're in. They're going to be in the playoffs at 9-8, and eight, either as a wild card or winning the – because remember, Buck fans, they'll have the head-to-head -head with Minnesota and Green Bay because they beat them both. So if they win two out of the next three, the Bucks are going to the playoffs. Yeah, Bucks are going to the playoffs, and I'd rather just run the table, be the hottest team coming into the postseason because you know why? Not only do you get that home game, you win in the NFC South, but when you're the hottest team, you're the most dangerous team, and right now the Bucks are looking like that. Can you imagine what this this season? We and we don't and we're we're not trying to be over dramatic here. This season changed. It it was teetering. If Mayfield doesn't hit Evans for 75 yards in the rain at Carolina, this season quarterback situation, head coaching situation could have gone completely off the rails if Mayfield doesn't hit Evans for 75 yards. And it just shows you, you know, how important it is for explosive plays. Uh, you, you're not always going to get that long drive. And you get that explosive play and it changes the complexion. And I was saying the same thing. I was going to get my, like, third or fourth plate I was looking at Rock Riley, and I was saying, look, if this offense continues to struggle, I'm ready. I'm saying this to him. Kyle Trask's time. Kyle Trask comes in yep. and starts, and then all of a sudden, you hit a big play. It changes the complexion of the game, and we're not talking about you know switching out Baker Mayfield as your starting quarterback. It's amazing. Let's, uh, let's get to Baker Mayfield. Plays his best game as a Buccaneer. Throws for 381 yards, four touchdown passes. You know, a perfect quarterback rating. First time that's ever happened at Lambeau Field. Um, give him all the credit. He played really well. Uh, Chris Godwin, 10 catches, 155. Rashad White, another very solid game, 89 yards rushing, 50 yards receiving and a touchdown. David Moore, 52-yard touchdown. Tuck the ball away, David. Get in the end zone first, my man, yes. before we start celebrating. But again, and give the most credit to Dave Canales. I thought this was his best job balance-wise. Uh, the, the play calling had some rhythm. It wasn't so run dependent on first and second down with a lot of play action, some rollouts. Give the Buccaneer offense credit. The best offensive game the Buccaneers played all year. Completely, absolutely. And I think they set the tone with Baker, you know, having his worst game versus the Falcons. You know, how do you do that? How do you gain confidence with your young quarterback? And he's still young, 27, 28 years old. You come out and go seven for seven. You give him those easy opportunities. You have an identity to your offense with throwing the ball on those first and second downs, which you didn't do a lot of, and, and that was a good thing. And to me, it kind of snowballed in a good way for Baker because uh, he was hot and he was letting it rip. He was getting enough time. Say whatever you want to about that Packer defense, but uh, Baker in that offense, especially Godwin, uh, took advantage of it, especially in the slot. Can we keep Chris Godwin in the slot for the remainder of the year? Because uh, definitely – a different wide receiver and a different offense when he's there. So the Bucks go down, kick a field goal on their first drive, good first drive. Green Bay goes right down the field, running the ball pretty well. 
The Bucks hold them on third down and about third and goal from like the three or whatever. It was third and th- you know, I think it was third and whatever. Fourth and three. I thought I thought LaFleur made a mistake. I thought he should have kicked the field goal there. You had a long drive. You want to get points. They don't. They go for it. Don't make it. They get lucky because the one mistake Baker made on the day was on the, you know, the pass coming out of the end zone. He holds the ball too long, doesn't get rid of it, gets strip sacked. Green Bay recovers. Punches it in seven three. That was the one mistake that you you know was glaring that Baker had was he held the ball. T- you can't hold the ball that long in the pocket. You got to have that clock go off. He gets strip sacked again. Offensive line gets gets credit for the sack, but that sack was on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, absolutely, and it's disappointing because it takes the momentum away because your defense does its job. You stop them on fourth down with you know uh, an accurate pass and it's like shades of uh yesteryear with uh the coach going for it there on fourth down and, and not getting it against that bucks defense yeah and then just like that and it's it's almost like for the bucks you know the the falcon game and the saints game where you get a big time turnover and you're rolling in and you get a short field and sure enough green bay scores easily and it's a different ball game for the packers so then the bucks respond they go down the field they uh Mike Evans, the nice, the nice little skinny post from Mayfield early in the second quarter, up 10-7. Carlson ties it up 10-10. Again, the play calling. I like the little double move with, with Evans in the I think Evans was in the slot there too in that play on the touchdown. So I like how Dave is mixing it up. Not just Godwin in the slot the whole time. Evans is getting in there a little bit. Some good little double moves. I think you're seeing the the fruits of their labor of getting the offensive pass routes in sync and the, in the, in the Dave connect, and the, you know, kind of the, the play action offense that he, that he's kind of brought here to Tampa. So nice job there. McLaughlin kicks a field goal at the end of the first half. Another, again, McLaughlin's been tremendous. He would be going to the pro bowl most likely if not for Brandon Aubrey in Dallas, but he might be the pro bowl alternate, I think in the NFC. Absolutely. Big time acquisition by Jason Light in the offseason. They absolutely knew what they were doing. It was an upgrade over Ryan Suckup because everything that McLaughlin has kicked, knock on wood, uh, he has made. And, you know, it's that's encouraging. And, and I'll tell you right now, the other encouraging thing a lot of fans were losing their minds about it is Todd Bowles calls a couple of timeouts before halftime. Yeah. Get that field goal and put yourself right. in positioning and keep them. Even though you let the time wind down to about 32 seconds until you call that first timeout, they played it correctly. You get the field goal, you get the momentum, and as a Bucks fan and as a Bucks team, you feel good about going into the locker room with the 13 to 10 lead. Great job by the Buccaneer defense after the first drive. They really stymied that running game. Only gave up 60 yards rushing on the day, uh, which is which is again Vita Vea plays. We weren't sure he was going to play. He was doubtful Saturday, and all of a sudden you start hearing rumblings that he's upgraded that he's able to play so that was a huge uh huge move uh the ability for Vita Bay to get in there and play on Sunday uh again holds them to 60 yards love does throw for 284 and two touchdowns um bucks come out in the second half take the ball right uh, you know after they hold Green Bay go right down the field and then you see the another little creative wrinkle that we haven't seen all year Rashad White kind of runs a seam route from the backfield and, they, and it, again, a beautiful play design, beautiful throw by Baker, a nice little one-cut move in the middle of the field once he catches the ball, and the Bucks go up 20-10 to 10 on the uh, 26-yard touchdown to Rashad White. I love the play call there, and I love using White out of the backfield, especially getting him out in space. And you can see why you draft him with the premium pick in the first place. And a lot of fans giving up on him at first because this running game struggled and largely because the Bucks didn't incorporate him in the passing game. And you've seen the last couple of games – 
you know, not only going over 84 rushing yards, but being used out of the backfield in space, he can make things happen, and he's completely explosive. Then you got Green Bay comes right back down the field after it's tw after it's 20 to 10. Give give Love credit, makes a hell of a throw to to Wicks in the corner of the end zone on the kind of the scramble play. Wicks gets his feet down. You can't blame it. That's just a, that's just a professional play and, and a big time play by both uh, Love and and Wicks to get his feet down. Uh, Twenty to seventeen. Again, the Bucks then respond, go right back down the field. Godwin's involved heavily. They convert some third and longs. Keith, again, the perfect kind of spot for him to be. That that's the kind of plays you need him involved with. We don't need Keith running routes in the middle of the field. The goal line stuff where he's going to be uncovered much of the time and he's only got to go a couple yards. It's a perfect kind of play call. He makes a nice catch on the sideline, lunges, gets inside the pylon for, his, for a touchdown to make it 27-17 into the third quarter. Absolutely. And uh, that's you're, you're exactly right. That's where you go. You go out of the backfield and then uh, he uses his uh, you know physical capability. Play action. Good little play action. And who thought Coquif was going to catch a touchdown? Did you have that on your scorecard? I didn't. It's either Evans or Godwin or maybe Kate Otten, but Coquif, there you go. Bucks hold Green Bay to a field goal, 27-20, er, early fourth quarter. And then we have the big David Moore play. I mean, if you're watching this game on TV, and I'm sure a lot of our fans are do, were doing that, when Baker Mayfield threw that ball, I'm thinking it's getting ready to be 27-27. Because that ball is thrown to where a, where a linebacker is a half a step away from going coast to coast the other way with an out route. The ball gets in there to David Moore. He splits the two defenders. And then he's off to the races. And then, then we have another bit of drama. Does he get in the end zone before he gets stripped? Because he starts celebrating at about the two-yard line. Yeah, he does his best uh, Deshaun Jackson situation there where he's celebrating before he gets into the end zone. And that cost him. But he just got in. You're exactly right. And Baker did that during this game. He took a lot more chances. And I was saying it kind of reminded me of a young Brett Favre at Lambeau. I mean, the guy was slinging it all around the place. Yep. Little tight windows. He was completing the passes. I know there's a lot of fans that will complain and say, well, those could be interceptions. I'll take that with the offense. I, I need this team to score over 20 points a game in order for them to be successful because I still have question marks about this defense, especially with the back end giving up explosive plays. So I'll take that. I'll take a couple turnovers, and Baker is going to put it in those small windows and make explosive plays on offense. So 34-20, the Bucks then hold Green Bay again and basically run the clock out. And one thing I will say, Todd Bowles went may look – again, the game wasn't going to be decided by this move, but give him credit for doing it. Fourth and two late, they could have easily punted with like a minute 10 left in the game. He went forward on fourth and two. They ran the ball. They made it, which then they they were obviously able to, to run the clock out after that. I would have rather seen a punt, but okay, I can because the ball was about midfield. I, you didn't want to give Green Bay any hope, but again, the, I'll give him credit. He went forward to put, knock knock him out, and he knocked him out. The Bucks didn't run for a lot of yards, only ninety nine rush yards, but the attempts twenty seven attempts. Yeah, the balance is what you what is fortifying this winning streak, the, the emergence of the running game, and the balance to be able to get some yards. You're completely correct. And then on top of it, you only passed the ball 28 times. So perfect balance. And on top of it, what is it? The fourth straight game that White has had over 84 rushing yards. So that's good. And the kid is, uh, you know, again, 100 and maybe 50 yards away from a 1,000-yard season. Yep. Who would have thought that? And you know, over already over at the like 1300 all purpose yards with uh, receiving. So that's exactly, you know, what Bucks fans want to see and hear.
from that. A bell cow, run, a bell cow running back, and he's getting 80% of the touches, which, again, we've talked, me and you talk. We want to see him. We don't want to see a whole lot of timeshare with Edmonds. Edmonds is a little change of pace, three or four touches a game. We want to see Rashad White get the bulk of the touches, and he is. Agree. Completely agree. All right, so the Buccaneers, again, wrap it up 34-20 uh, final. Defensively, they have two sacks. Again, uh, Kalijah Kansi was disrupted with the pass rush. You had Shaq Barrett with a half sack. You had Anthony Nelson with a sack. Levante David with a half sack. And again, another good performance. Again, all in all by the Buck defense. No, remember, no Carlton Davis set Sunday. Zion McCollum filled in, played admirably. Wasn't tremendous, but he didn't get burned over the top. Was solid in coverage, made the tackles. Again, you're seeing a better, better Zion McCollum every week. Is he elite? No, but he's showing signs that he could potentially be the number two cornerback or number three guy for sure moving forward. And the invaluable thing is the reps that he's getting because he's going to be that much better for that next year in case this Bucks team decides to move on from a Carlton Davis because he's making so much money or Jamel Dean, who's been largely disappointing. Maybe you depend on him, you cut money there, you draft somebody, and you go with two young corners in the Zion McCollum or draft pick. I know we're talking draft, but that, that's where I'm thinking here. You, you're going to have to cut one of these corners because you're going to have to create some money here because it's either going to be Evans, Baker, possibly Antoine Winfield Jr. and all worse and worse. Yeah. 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 I mean, so again, again, decisions for down the road. We're not worried about that. Now we're worried about, pro, you know, the guys we have now. And the thing that I'm, again, the thing, again, remember Buck fans, 80 plus million dollars in dead cap money. How many of these young guys that are getting the valuable reps this year, is that going to potentially pay off down the road, especially on defense where again, There'll probably be some salary cap decisions that have to be made, restructure, whatever. These the Isians, the McCollums of the world, the KJ Brits of the world, Kalaja Cansies of the world, the Diabis of the world, Servassier Dennis is getting a little bit of time. The, these are all first and second year players that are getting tremendous amounts of snaps in important games in the, in a playoff race. Absolutely. All right. So Bucks go, last special teams note, and then we'll move on to a little. Uh, we got to talk about the saga of Devin White a little bit. Yeah. Your boy, your boy Kamar again. The other, another great sign of the Buccaneers' efficiency. You only punt one time, but the one time you do punt, Kamara with a I think it was sixty-five yard punt down inside the five or six yard line. So great job by Kamara. The, the limited time he got in the game from a punting perspective, he was effective. The Bucks down the punt inside the five, which created some field position, all that. So these are the kind of games, if you're a Buck fan, one punt, one turnover, you can live with that all day long. Absolutely. The punt god comes through again, and uh, largely he's been very consistent this year, and I think the special teams unit has been very consistent with the Carmada, of course, and uh, we just talked about Chase McLaughlin. And here's the other thing that I'm very confident in that I, that I wasn't sure I was going to be when the season started. I, I truly believe every time the ball's punted, Devin, Devin Thompson's going to catch it. He's He hasn't had any issues fumbling balls, misplaying balls. He doesn't catch every single punt, but the balls that he gets his hands on, there's no doubt he's catching the ball. Whether it's a fair catch or a, a punt return to get a little yardage, I've been very impressed with Devin Tompkins as the punt returner. And he's a guy that's not going to run out of bounds, and he's not going to fall down. So I mean, right. we've, seen a, we've seen a lot of that the last couple of years, and it's kind of refreshing to see what Tompkins can do when he wants to catch the ball and he wants to run with it. Again, huge win for the Buccaneers. First ever win. Thank you, Paul Stewart and TJ. 
First ever win in December in Lambeau ever. They've won in January in the playoffs. That's the first time they've ever won in December in Lambeau. I mean, we got a little break with the weather. It wasn't frigidly cold, but it was under 40. It was in the mid-30s. You know, it, it was in the 30s. It wasn't brutal, very comfortable, no rain, no snow, but the first ever Bucks win in Green Bay in December. And, uh, of course, you know, the January game was the NFC Championship game in 2020. Yep. Uh, and they put a statistic out there, you know, the Bucks would never be able to win in cold weather, but – Lately, whether it's Tom Brady or the team and, and how mentally tough they are, they haven't had a problem with that. So that whole winning in cold weather thing, I think you just you, you got to stop talking about and it. And the scary part is the Bucks have been a really good road team this year at Minnesota, at Green Bay, at Atlanta. You know, they won at New Orleans. That's four, I mean, that's four tough places to play with as far as crowd noise, indoors, things like that. Give 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 the Buccaneers credit. They if they could just play a little better at home, and they got two home games in a row here coming. Four road wins out of seven is pretty damn good. You're absolutely correct, and you get that. Home you should have won it. You should have won at Houston. Exactly, and again, you talk about hostile environments, and you're gonna if you get past the first round, which is certainly a possibility. You face the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think you're gonna be favored in that game because the way. Wait that a minute, easy now, e easy now. now. Listen, I, easy. I can't be favored in that game. Maybe I'm being an eternal optimist, but with the Eagles, the way they're playing right now, the injuries to that back end, and the Bucks get them a second time at home. If they beat them, they have to go on the road. You start to feel good about it because, like you said, Jason Powers, my tag team partner of the world. They have played in those hostile environments, so they'll be used to it. Plus, they're able to now run the ball and be balanced. That's scary. And the one thing I'm liking, too, is, is the penalty count is dropping. Not a lot of false starts, minimal holdings. Offensive line gave up five sacks. But, again, I think a couple of those were Baker holding the ball way too long and just eating the ball, which I don't mind. There's certain times when a sack is not the worst thing in the world. Sure, do we want him to throw the ball away every time? You can't take the sack fumble on your own five or six yard line. We get that. But if it's third and eight and you're at the 10 yard line and you're going into score, I don't mind if you take a sack there as far as opposed to forcing a ball into coverage. I'd rather you take the sack. We kick the field goal and move on. But the offensive line has done a pretty good, pretty, pretty good job all in all in the pass protection. And again, Stinney and Mock, you're seeing some real improvement at the guard spot between Stinney and Mock the last five or six weeks. And give again, give Bowles and that in the front and that coaching staff credit. Stinney has stepped in for Filer, has played really solid. Yeah, he has, and they should have made that uh, you know that change in the first place. They shouldn't have taken an injury because Filer was showing nothing. And and I was asking Bucks fans tonight if you had an opportunity to get the Bucks a Christmas gift, what would it be? And a lot of people said defensive line. A lot of people said offensive line. But the way Stinney has played, I don't know if you can want to get an offensive lineman. He may be the starter next year. We'll see, we'll see how he finishes. He absolutely game. is being the starter next year, the way he's playing now. Yeah, I mean, maybe. And he's, and he's pretty inexpensive. Yes, true, true. Maybe you go with the center. Maybe maybe Hansy's the, the, the guy that could be the odd man out. But Yeah, and we don't know what Ryan Jensen's future is and all that stuff. I mean, there's, you know, who knows? We're not we've, – I assume that Jensen is done. I, I just I feel like he's done. But let me ask you, Jason. You got a Christmas present for the Bucks. What would you get him right now? You got a Christmas present for the Bucks. What would you get him? I would give. I would get. I, I would like. I would love to see this team fully healthy in the secondary. Get the two corners healthy. Get your safety situation figured out. Whether it's Neal and Winfield or whether it's whoever you're going to put at safety. 
But I'd love to see I'd love to see a full strength defense because I think the offense is coming and you're starting to see some signs that if this offense can score 24 points and you have a healthy defense with Vea, um, you know, obviously Cansey, if you can get Shaq Barrett going here a little bit, whether it's Diaby or JTS on the other side, I'd love to see a fully healthy Buck defense going into the playoffs to see because that's where I still think we're vulnerable is in the pass game. If the corners aren't there, I think the Bucks are still a little vulnerable because the pass rush hasn't been overwhelming and the corner play has been average. And they absolutely make a big play in this game to kind of close it out with David and Shaq Barrett combining on a sack. You know, yep. Back to uh, the NFC Championship game where Shaq Barrett took over that game, causing a fumble. Logan Hall jumps on it, and that's a big yep. thing. You like to see more of that because if you can have that consistent pass rush, it takes the pressure off of your linebackers, and of course, it takes the pressure off of that back end, which right right now is uh, definitely uh, injury riddled. All right, so we're going to go to Paul Stewart and his montage of the Jacksonville Jaguars. When we come back, we're going to talk a little Devin White situation, and then we're going to preview the Jacksonville Jaguars again. Uh, Paul Stewart, Buck Power TV on YouTube. You can also check out BuckPower.com, your place for all things Buccaneer history. Every stat, every vi all the videos, all the audio, a new highlight every single day about a, this day in Buck history. Again, Paul Stewart is the absolute prime Buck historian there is when it comes to Buccaneer history. And BuckPower.com is the place to go to find every bit of information you're ever going to need about our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, we're going to be back in just a couple of minutes. Enjoy the montage. Bucks, Jaguars, we'll be back in just a minute. We'll be talking Devin White and previewing the Jaguars on Sunday afternoon. The Bucks only play their interstate rivals once every four years, and Jacksonville currently leads the series 4-3, although the Bucks have won the last two meetings. The first time the teams met was in 1995, Jacksonville's expansion season, and it really was a memorable game. The Bucks were leading 17-10 when Steve Berline, someone I now work with on Vegas Sports Radio, led the Jags on a late drive and they scored on a touchdown pass to P. Mitchell, not the one from Top Gun. Now, Jacksonville coach Tom Coughlin decided to go for the two-point conversions to try and win the game there and then. This was the first time it had ever been done, although teams now, of course, use the analytics and go for it all the time. It failed. Jacksonville then recovered the onside kick and it was left to Martin Mayhew to get an interception to seal the game for the Buccaneers. Oh, quite a memorable series of events. From the 12. This time, Burrow into the end zone. Touchdown, Pete Smith. Mitchell. Pete Mitchell with a touchdown for Jacksonville. Very gutsy move by Jacksonville. And did they get it? No. As Hollis will attempt the onside kick for the Jaguars. Bounces it up, ball is loose, and Jacksonville has it. Unbelievable. And Bullard is picked off. Martin Mayhew. The Bucks lost 29-24 on their first visit to Jacksonville in 1998, when former Gator Fred Taylor scored on a 70-yard run. It was a similar disappointing result in 2003 when the Super Bowl hangover continued and the Bucks lost on Sunday Night Football to a 2-9 Jaguars team. The victory in 2015 was a rare one for Lovey Smith. It was the first time the Bucks had won 11 attempts at home. I guess going to the what the Buck tailgates were the only real reason to venture the stadium. 
Doug Martin scored three touchdowns, and Jacques Smith scored on the fumble return. On third and three, but a short pass is caught. Martin inside the five and into the end zone. This is the pitch to Grant Fumble on the play. Football loose. It's picked up, recovered by Tampa Bay, and they're into the end zone. The last meeting between the two teams came four years ago in Jacksonville, and Bucks jumped out to a 25-0 half-time lead, with Devin White scoring in a fumble return. The second half was simply a case of everyone getting off the bench to see some playing time. Second down and 10. Short drop, and the ball is loose, and it's recovered. And it's Devin White who runs it in for the touchdown on the strip sack. This game we played on Christmas Eve, and the Bucks have played on December 24th on nine previous occasions. They've only won twice in 2005 and 2006. But being the night before Christmas, you can guarantee there's going to be a bunch of diehard references and editorial. And you'll be able to read all about it on BuckPower.com. Every player, every game, everything Bucks. And as it is coming to Christmas, can I just take this opportunity to wish each and every one of you a very, very Merry Christmas from this side of the Atlantic. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market for a new home? Are you looking to get into a, a single family residence, condo, townhouse, duplex, whatever it is? If you need financing help to get pre-approved, which you need to do, reach out to Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers. We'll get you approved in less than 24 hours. We'll get you qualified, figure out what you can afford, and we will get you in a position to be able to make that offer. So reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending. We can help you with an FHA loan, a VA loan if you're a veteran, a conventional loan, a bank statement loan. We can help you with a investment property, a second home. Whatever their financing needs are, reach out to me, Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. As we roll into the holiday season of November and December, and you are looking to either buy a gift or potentially go in person to see your favorite NFL game, college football, Major League Baseball, the World Series is wrapping up, NHL season is just underway, and now the NBA. Ticketsmarter.com is your place to go for tickets on the secondary market, whether it's the app, the Ticketsmarter.com app, it is the ideal place to buy tickets on the secondary market. And I've got a special code for you to save you some money. Powers10 is the code. Use Powers10 if you want to save 10 bucks on a purchase of $100 or more, or you can use the code Powers20 and save $20 on a $300 purchase. Again, you can use this code as many times as you like all over the country, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, the college football season wrapping up, bowl games, college football playoff, Whatever it is, TicketSmarter.com and the Ticket Smarter app is the place to go. All right, Buck fans, welcome back. No Quarter Given Podcast. I'm Jason along with Peter. Christmas week edition, 7-7, seven and seven, the, the in-state rivalry of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags come to town. It's a 4 o'clock game on Sunday, not 1 o'clock. The, the, the game was flexed, I believe, to 4 o'clock. So we actually, this, this game has a lot of implications in the playoffs. Jacksonville's been sliding. They're all of a sudden in a dogfight in the AFC South. We obviously know the Bucs situation in the NFC, so this game has lots and lots on the line, and the Bucs could get a little break here. Trevor Lawrence, 
in the concussion protocol on Sunday night after the Baltimore game. Not sure what his status is. A nugget that I heard Adam Schefter say, he says virtually every quarterback that's gone into the concussion protocol has missed the next game. I think there's only one case that I think he mentioned, Brock Purdy. I think after it may have been the Bucks game. I can't remember which game Purdy got knocked out, did not play the – or he, he came out of concussion protocol and played the next week. But every other quarterback that's gone in hasn't played the next week. And that would be a break because Trevor Lawrence definitely uh, is a franchise quarterback, necessarily hasn't played like it this year, but he's still dangerous, mobile, can make all the throws. You got weapons already there. But you would like to see C.J. Beathard, even though I know there's a lot of Bucks fans out there that would say this defense has struggled versus backup quarterbacks. I feel a lot better. I'll take C.J. Beathard. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Exactly. Agree. All right, before, before we get to the full Jag preview, let's talk a little Devin White situation. I, I don't want to get into every nuances of all the press conference mumbo-jumbo and all that stuff. Your thoughts – of Devin, just the whole Devin White situation. Apparently, he practiced last week. Bowles and him got together over the weekend. Was it if my foot hurts? Was it, you know, per, trying to protect him a little bit? Just give me a quick thought on your, you know, just the, the whole Devin White situation in general. You know, the, the, the word is that he was going to be a rotational. He and K.J. Britt were going to split time. He wasn't going to be the clear-cut starter. We know Britt's been playing well at that, at that linebacker slot. They've won three in a row since he's been in there. So it's hard to justify taking him out. Your thoughts, Devin White situation. I mean, look, if he's not 100% healthy, he shouldn't be there anyway because he's not going to give your team the best chance to win. But furthermore, if he's been healthy, he has not played like an $11 million linebacker. He hasn't played like a player that wants to get paid 18 to $20 million. I, quite frankly, when I heard the report, was not surprised by it. I thought he quit on this team. I think that Todd – I don't think he's quit. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put the quit word in it. You can't, you can't, I'll let you do it. If that's what you think, say it. I, I'm not, I'll, I'll give you my thought here in a second, but I don't think quit is the right, is a little strong. I think it's, uh, I think it's accurate because this okay. guy has, you know, in the off season, he wanted to be traded. He didn't want to be a part of this team. Uh, he hasn't necessarily played his best effort ever since that 2020 postseason with the Bucks going on that run. He has regressed. He's still having the same problems when it comes to tackling consistently in coverage. The effort's not there, boss, and and I think he quit. And Richard Sherman even said he was on this team a couple years ago. There's various reports out there that said it was a, a non-injury inactive, and now the NFL is investigating it, saying, you know, why wasn't he put on the injury list if he was really injured? There's two months. It's a mess right now. My opinion is that he did quit. He, uh, Todd Bowles is covering for him because he's a player's coach. But here's me, what I here's what I think. I'll give you my my opinion. Do I think Devin White could have played if we absolutely had to have him play Sunday? I think he probably could have. I think what Bowles is doing is Bowles realized KJ Britt's playing well. There's still there's still a lot of season left in the in the season. So would you rather have a 100% healthy Devin White in case something happens to KJ Britt that you still have Devin White as a reserve? And here's the other thing: I think that's that's happening. Todd will never admit this. I think they have a close relationship. You know, Devin's mentioned Todd, Todd as a father figure kind of guy. I think Todd Bowles is deep down saying, 
We know the Buccaneers aren't going to re-sign him for big money in the offseason. So if he's going to come back on the field, I want him to be able to put some decent tape on the field so he can get a decent contract from somebody else. That's what I think that he's doing. Todd is protecting Devin a little bit because he doesn't want to see Devin go out there and look bad into where Devin doesn't have a market theoretically around the league. Cause I don't think the bucks are going to pay him $15 million next year to be the linebacker. I think Devin Todd is trying to protect him and create a little bit of, of, fatherly figure of protecting him so he'll at least have an opportunity to get a free agent deal that's worth semi worthwhile to him for his hard work as a buccaneer too late the tape is already out there it's it's out there and if he gets uh, a you know a team that's willing to overpay go but you don't want to keep putting him out there if he's not fully healthy though right and i don't necessarily think it's all health i just think it's effort i and i, it, I think and it may be devin realizing hey my time in tampa's done I'm probably going to be a free agent, so I don't want to risk hurting myself in theory. Um, but again, I think he's a good insurance policy. I think you keep playing KJ Britt. If something were to happen to him, you, you have Devin, you can put back in there. Because no, no offense to JJ Russell, we don't want to see JJ Russell in the game if Devin White's available. I'm just saying. To be honest, I mean Russell and Britt have outplayed White all year long, whether he's been hurt or not. So, but I but 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 Devin has some championship medal. He's been there in the playoffs. I think he would be highly motivated if he was playing in a playoff game. Just my opinion. You might be right. And you know where I like to see him? I like to see him, you know, as a guy that's going to be able to get after the passer, as a, a, yep. a blitzer in a blitz package, something along those lines. Because when it comes yep. to coverage, teams – Not great. Not great. Well, terrible. And they scheme to it. They scheme Christian McCaffrey from San Francisco with it. Yep. Because we know how weak he is when it, when it comes to the middle of the field. So we'll see. All right, Jacksonville comes in eight and six again, tied with Indian NFC AFC South. Um, again, the last thing on the Todd Bowl on the, the Devin White. Let's 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 move again. We had the little drama with Chris Godwin and his wife. Dev, let's let's get behind this. I think I think they've had their talk. I think internally they've had their talk with Devin. I think Devin knows what's going on. I don't think you're going to hear much more of this. It'll be interesting to see if he's active this week. And if he, I, th I think you're going to see him active and he'll play some. I don't think he'll be the star. I think KJ Britt's going to keep playing. I, but I do think you'll see a rotation. And again, to me, he's a he's an excellent insurance policy. If something were to happen to, to either Levante or KJ Britt. Maybe something positive can come out of it because a lot of people were talking about Chris Godwin's wife and how it was going to be a distraction, but really it's been a blessing in disguise because ever since that's happened, Chris Godwin has been somewhat the focal point of this offense. And guess what? When you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin involved, it's a totally different offense. Exactly. And they've moved white they've moved Godwin back to the slot a majority of the time. So I think that's that's good coaching and give the coaching staff credit for for doing that. All right. Two guy, two, two two areas of of, of 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 to me the guy if Bethard plays you can't let Etienne go off because they're going to try to run the ball with Etienne you got to contain him and put the ball in CJ Bethard's hands he's an experienced guy has been around a while but you still want to put the ball in CJ Bethard's hands again they got some weapons they got Ingram at tight end who I think they will try to target they've got Ridley on the outside who's having a really good year and again hope it sounds like. Injury-wise for the Buccaneers, most of our injured guys are kind of on track to play. You've heard Carlton Davis, Vita Vea, Golston are on track that if things go well, they might all be available on Sunday. And the point of contention for me, Ingram, uh, you know, the Bucs know all about him. He made a big play uh, with uh, Danny Dimes and his rookie. Yep. Year, and I believe it was 2019 big-time play by Ingram at Raymond James. So he's a dangerous tight end. The Bucs have struggled with covering tight ends, and then you go on the outside again. Calvin Ridley, 
uh, a very explosive wide receiver, and then also Zay Jones, who played well versus Baltimore. So, And they like to throw the ball down the field. They like to take their shots, so it ain't going to be a lot of – you know, it's not going to be a lot of eight-yard hook routes. They're, they're, they take their shots down the field, whether it's corner routes, go routes, whatever. So, corner, again, we've talked about corner. I think it's vitally important that the corners play in this game because they're going to go after Zion McCollum. That, I can promise you they're going to go after Zion. Yeah, if I'm there, I just bracket coverage towards Calvin Ridley, try to cover Evan Ingram straight up, and, and you know, take your chances with Zay Jones. Yep, I agree. I agree. Defensively for the, for the Jags, again, a good pass rush. You got uh, Josh Allen on the outside. They've got Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick. The defense played really good against Baltimore on Sunday night. They got a good defense. But I think you keep doing what you're doing if you're Canales. Keep mixing it up. Force the, the, the corners aren't great. I think the corners can be had with Godwin and Evans. And, again, this might be a K. Dotton game. You saw Isaiah likely have some big catches for Baltimore on Sunday night. So this might be a K. Dotton kind of game that you get him some more touches. But, again, Throw the ball to your big guns here if you're the Buccaneers. This is such a big game. Uh, we need a Tampa Bay crowd here Sunday, a 4 o'clock game, Christmas Eve. Be interested to see what the crowd is like with it being a Christmas Eve night kind of game. Peter Blake's going to get to eat dinner on Christmas Eve at Raymond James. <laughs> double double up the plate. So, I'm um, early, my friend. I'm going to eat breakfast, too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They're late. I'm not walking in two or three hours before. I'm probably going to walk in, you know, maybe about nine, ten o'clock, hang out, talk with everybody, try to eat as much as I can. It's going to be load up day. There you go. There you go. All right. Give me a prediction, Peter Blake. Huge game for the Buccaneers, seven and seven. Give me a give me a prediction here. Bucks offense stays hot, 31 to 20 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Baker once again has a big game. I'm with you. I think I think I'm going to say 27-20 kind of game. Um, I think Beathard will do. You know, again, don't turn, don't make it easy for Jacksonville with with, with turnovers. Baker, th these are the kind of games that make me nervous about Baker. He has a great game. Then the next game, he thinks he can force every ball into every tight window. These are the games that make you nervous. If you're, you know, we've seen some history with Baker. Keep doing what you're doing, Baker. Throw to the open guy, whether it's David Moore, whether it's Trey Palmer, whether it's, you know, Raheem J whoever it is, hit, hit, you know, throw to the – take a profit. We don't need to force balls. Mike wasn't super involved. Throw it to Chris Godwin ten times. If they're going to roll the coverage to Godwin, then you throw the ball to Mike Evans. They can't double-team them all. No, they can't. You're exactly right. Find the open man, especially if it's Godwin in the slot. And dump it off to Rashad White in space. He's excellent in space. Utilize that back in space and keep doing what you're doing. I think the offensive line will keep doing a good job and just be consistent with the play calling. Keep doing your thing. Uh, they, 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 you know, they've run some reverses each week. I like that. A little misdirection reverse. A little toss. You know, the 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 jet sweeps. Uh, and they converted a bunch of third and longs last week as well. So keep up the great work, Buck offense. Twenty-seven twenty final for me. Peter Blake's going thirty-one twenty. Tell tell the audience, Peter, where they can find all your great work. Peter will be doing a post game show, correct? Yes, post game show with uh, the great JP Peterson of the JP Peterson Show, which can be seen and heard. Every day, Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 noon. I'm on Wednesdays. And, of course, the evolution of Sports Talk Television, the Sports Web, Monday and Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock. Most likely will not be on Monday night because it is Christmas Day. I'll give everybody a break. So it will be Wednesday. We'll be back again. 
And uh, we'll see you on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. Remember, Buck fans, there's two games Saturday and there's three games on Monday. You got a triple header Monday to compete with the uh, NBA as well. So tons of sports action. When you're sick of when you're sick of mom and dad in the in the Christmas dinner, you can watch football all day too. So all right, Buck fans, subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't already done so. No quarter given podcast. Thank you, Paul Stewart, BuckPower.com, Podcast Network. Merry Christmas to everybody. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid on the road. No drunk driving, all that good stuff. Even if you're not giving out gifts, say Merry Christmas to somebody you know. Tell people you love them and all that good stuff. And have a good good holiday, Peter Blake. And we will see see everybody next time, hopefully on a four-game winning streak. No quarter-given podcast. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. See you next time, Buck fans. Go Bucks!